0: Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends but I'm out of practice
1: with your host Keith learning
2: Mike and Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do?
0: Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Oh,
3: oh, the practice. I put
0: on a shirt with stripes, still fat.
2: Back from vacation?
3: Out of practice!
1: And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast in which Mike and I discuss an award-winning 20-something-year-old series, David E. Kelly's The Practice. (laughs) This week, we are up to Season 6, Episode 13, Judge Not which could mean a lot of different mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. when you really think about it. How's it going, Mike? Hey, you know,
2: it's going good. Welcome back to the Out of Practice Podcast, everyone. Thanks for bearing with us on our week off. You know, Keith, there was a famous movie uh, that came out where the catchphrase was, life finds a way. And finally, mm-hmm. after all of this time of the podcast, life found a way to get in the way. And uh, we just couldn't, we couldn't make it happen.
1: It's it's uh it's amazing. I mean, we're in what a hundred and something episodes in, and it's our yep. first official week off. Now we've we've done a couple of times where we've had a week off, but we were able to you know double up before uh, before we did it. But this one came as came as a surprise. But uh, you know, I, look, I think we have built a level of trust between <laughs> us and our loyal audience member. Yes, that uh, that you you know we're gonna come back. Don't worry. Yeah. It's just one week. We're it's we're week. totally here. We're here. Get used to
2: it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the self-editing has gotten much better uh, over the years. Has it? I don't know. What uh what have you what did you do with your week off? What have you been up to?
1: Well, actually last weekend I was uh back in Cape May for the first time since oh, uh quarantine. Moved. And uh to hang out with my uh with the the in-law family. And it was the first time that we've seen them all together. And the first time sort of, not so I guess, post-pandemic-y. And we could actually hang out and interact normally. Nice. Now that every, everybody's been vaxxed for a while now. And we were able to spend a lovely weekend kind of doing what we did before. In before times. Uh, so we had a, uh, had a lovely time. I'll, I will talk about the second component when we get into our uh, everyone's new, favorite new subject, new subject. Uh, love it segment uh, but yeah, what what did you do? Uh,
2: well, you know, I'm juggling so many jobs, and a good portion of them are uh, hypothetical in nature, <laughs> which sucks. Uh, <laughs>
1: that, but that's yeah, just, so vague.
2: <laughs> no, just a lot of self tapes for various auditions yeah. and. And, uh, I don't like,
1: believe I got my video that I was promised.
2: Uh, I will send it your way, actually. Uh, Good. Sure, since we promised. But also, like, you know, uh, I'm sure your wife can attest, like, you just, a, t- a ton of <clears throat> projects for extra money. Like, tomorrow I have to go into New York City for some, like, uh, sensitivity training, industrial, uh, that I have to film, that I have to play a manager who's, like, talking about how he's grown
1: uh, oh, interesting! So, I, I was gonna say, like, I I've been complaining to HR about you from day one, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't and I don't know if our CEO Jen had was going to actually send you to sensitivity training.
2: Once uh, you know, like, peop- usually people by the time they've reached my age stop mm-hmm. doing those jobs because they're beneath them. But I just will take all of the money, and
1: it's like quadruple
2: no, what I would make in my day job. Great. Yeah,
1: they pay. No, I would happily do industrials.
2: So I mean, I'm going to do that. And then I was, like, trying to maybe learn to sing with this other group, but there's a whole story with that. There's just a lot happening. It's very busy. Uh, but you know what? Busy is good. And CEO Jen and I got tickets to the Stephen Colbert show on Monday. So are we are going... We've been on the wait list for quite a while, uh, and we our number came up. I guess they're doing fully vaccinated audiences only, so I think that helped sure. us. So... Yeah, and I've been in the New York back and forth a couple times, which is weird. The commute's not that bad. We've been able to do it. Just work. Just busyness, working, and life is slowly, uh, not so slowly, actually, returning to a semblance of normal, which is kind of kind of cool. I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff, but... We'll,
1: no, I mean, that, that you know. all sounds exciting. I mean... Uh, this guy's creeping self-touch. me out,
3: Keith.
1: Our, what's happening?
3: This guy's oh, creeping the guy, me out. Oh, the,
1: <laughs> our Easter egg, yes. Uh, I went to the uh, Colbert show once back when it was the Colbert Rapport. I went with my father the morning after Obama was elected for the first time, which was really fun um, because, a you know, Colbert's character at that point was a conservative, and so he was not that happy. But um, right. the the guest was John Lewis.
2: Oh, that's was- right so cool
1: so uh, yeah really fun really fun experience and we should talk about self tapes at some point because those are a nightmare well you know uh, some
2: the ones that are like that are able and this is the ones I book generally are the ones that are like
1: they they allow
2: this close crop because this camera looks good and just by the quality of the image I think I book booked this industrial sure. when sure. I've got to stand up and put up the screen and like do the whole thing it gets less good because I have to rely on like you know uh, I had one for a network the other day <clears throat> which almost never happens for me because I'm not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, it. attractive in the general sense of the word? Oh, no, I think
1: I think you are generally attractive,
2: sure. I, I would agree, but then like, you're, let's compare <laughs> me to like someone who works on TV a lot, like your brother-in-law, and then you quickly sure. start to see the differences in
1: what generally attractive versus TV attractive are. You, Different well, things. but but you're not going to be out for the same things that he is. I love I mean it, a week off has made you much more compassionate, apparently. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Regardless, uh it was pretty funny because you know well, that look, everyone in Well, look, I spent the L-
1: weekend with him. So uh, Oh, there you go. I, you know, I I, <clears throat> I get beat it. you in parcheesi
2: and so you're now you're going to be nice to me.
1: Yeah, like, fuck you. No. Uh
2: yes, yeah, but Couldn't you know, I you recognize everyone in LA is probably submitting for this particular thing and here I am in my like 900 degree office space with like a dinky ass blue screen up. And I'm just like mm-hmm. trying to do it at 1245 at night because Jen had to be my reader and didn't get home from work until then. And she was doing a double and was in a pissy mood. And I was in a pissy mood and you're like, yeah, this is going to go well.
1: Oh, I'm, I am familiar with that dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 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 Interesting. In case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, self tape is an audition for a TV film thing, or it can be a theater thing too, that you just have to tape yourself and upload and send them as opposed to go in person to an audition. That's all. I yes, mean. yes, yes. All right. Well, let us move forward to uh, the most important segment of this show. Uh, yep, it's period. True. It's mm-hmm. a segment we call. We have tried for years to make this podcast a success. We failed! It's time to give the world what it wants. Meow, meow! Hot cat content.
0: Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Meow, meow. Hot cat content.
1: Yeah, so do you have any hot content before oh. I... Oh. I guess let's jump right into it. I guess we're going straight into it. Uh, our newest segment that I told Mike about three minutes before air, it's our cat photo of the week to entice you, to beg you to come check us out on the YouTubes, because here is a picture of Charlie taken this week, the cat photo of the week. Awesome. And I guess I'll go first then, uh, since it's sort of right there blocking us both. Uh, Yes, so this when uh, when we went to Cape May, we took Charlie along for Charlie's first ever road trip, and uh, we we took him in the car. It's about a two hour two and change hour drive. So we were we're really not quite sure how he'd do. We were you know concerned about it. So we packed up basically his entire world. Uh, <laughs> Like everything he's ever seen, touched, smelled, or looked at from our house into our car, and uh, and took him down to Cape May, and he did he did fine. He was nervous in the car for a bit um, because he hates his carrier. But once I once we got on the highway, I took him out, and he basically just like sat on my lap and like looked around the entire time. He, and it was it was nice. He was he was very cuddly because he was uh, was like, what the hell is this? Then we put him. Um, you Know on uh, in his own room or our room in uh in Cape May, got him acclimated. And uh, as long as uh, our my pa- uh, parents in law's dogs were not there, he mm. took him about half an hour. He's like, Oh, I own this house too. Look at me. This is all mine. And uh, so he he did he did really well, all things considered. I think he's happy to be home. Um, yeah, always. But his mother in law brought him uh, a huge crate of new toys. Um, so he's he's the most spoiled cat in human history. But we felt bad traveling with him, but it was better than like leaving him alone for, you know, three days. So anyway, he's spoiled.
2: We, uh, I've got a little bit of cat news. My sister got two kittens. So we got to go From over From your and- mother in law? <clears throat> no. These are just
1: different kittens, unrelated to the like unrelated. barrel of kittens you're already mm-hmm. trying to deal with. Okay. Yes.
2: So we went over and visited them. They were great, and I uh, apparently became like, like I knew everything about cats. I was like, you know, you really should let them. Let's place them into the litter box. And because I spoke with authority, my sister just assumed that I knew what helped. Sure, was talking Sure. Sure. When in reality, folks, spoiler alert: the cats do what they're gonna do. Cats, yeah, cat. yeah, sure are. Yeah, cats are gonna cat. We are. Jen has come around the bend to getting the third cat. <clears throat> uh,
1: I'm not sure I'm around the bend. Yeah, I know how you're feeling,
2: but you know we really kind of <laughs> swung and missed with Didi, Dee Dee, so we're gonna we're gonna try to do, do a mea culpa and get Ceci De- a friend. These cats seem to be at this already at like almost 10 or 11 weeks. They she says they're very social and very affectionate. So we, we, by now you you probably get a good sense of it, uh, and we're just trying to pick out which one. One of them looks exactly like Charlie Jr. So we were like, "Oh, that'd be funny." Uh, oh, definitely. Especially if we name him like Charlie the Third or something. We won't do of that. Of course,
1: that's exactly what you should do.
2: So uh, we're yeah, we just got to figure out now. Life has made some complications, and we have to get to South Carolina, North Carolina, somewhere in Carolina to to get the cat. Oh, North Carolina, Washington, North Carolina. My mother in law lives in. Anyhow, so yeah, the cats are doing good. Everybody's good. Uh, it's summertime, they want to go outside, so they just live on the deck, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 great. Yeah, and we uh, Charlie lives in his uh room or staring out at us from the uh, window above our patio. So let's wave goodbye to Oops Cat. All right, bye, Oops Cat, and uh, let us move forward with uh, we we have everybody's favorite commentator and uh, and the love of Mike's life, it will be talking. In filings and subpoenas, but first, uh, let's hear from our good friend moderator in a segment we call "Filings and Subpoenas." So we of course have heard from moderator Phoenix Cage, who wrote about last episode, when in which we saw Bobby dealing with the uh, the trauma from his assault in the uh, jail cell. And we were talking about how everyone in the entire show has gone through, like, horrific trauma at least once a season. Uh, And Phoenix says, Yes, everyone in this office has seen some shit. Some have been shot, others have been exploded, but this one, the Bobby one, is different. Those events happen in a fraction of a second, whereas Bobby spent several minutes in a fight for his life against his own client as he waited for what he felt like an eternity for help to arrive. Even having been held hostage doesn't quite measure up to that level of psychological intensity. So I think it's quite plausible that this event would have a lasting effect, even if others didn't. And uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I know that um, being restrained during a trauma, being confined during a trauma, escalates the effect of that trauma. And, and certainly there's, there's a lot of time there. I, I think you, you could argue that when he was held at gunpoint for like hours by a boy band, that also escalated the time. And and while he wasn't in a physical struggle the whole time, he was assaulted and threatened with a gun. So I, I get that. Um, you know, of course, you have to factor in that everybody deals with trauma in a different way. So mm-hmm. who knows whether it's a split second or a long time would have was going to have a different effect on different people. But but that is a really good point, and I think we were not um, giving enough weight to the length of that fight.
2: Yeah, and I would say that I thought it was shot very well because the one thing that separated, I think, and I, I agree with you, I still tend to think being held hostage all day and then the SWAT team comes in and you're not sure how that's going to pan out.
1: Oh, and somebody got sh- got shot in the face like six yeah. inches from you.
2: So that's pretty intense, too. But I will say this, what they what they did in that episode... Uh, Two weeks ago for us Was they shot a close-up of Bobby's face, and I think even though he fought for his life There was a moment where he sort of resigned because he had been beaten and you see him slowly kind of fading And I think he in his mind Came came, basically came to the realization that he was dead. He was going to be Mm. dead and that's Mm. I've never really faced my mortality in that sort of way, so I can imagine that's some that's that's pretty traumatic
1: So I, I think that's a really good point actually Because he had, he actually had a moment there where he decided it was done. Where I don't think anybody else has had that specific moment.
2: You know, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and this is my bag—I'm bringing my issues into this. Uh,
1: Uh, That's the best part about our podcast. I hope that that in that
2: moment, I hope that in that moment where he was facing his mortality, he felt guilty for the total screw job he gave Lindsay this a couple episodes ago, I'm still, I think I'm still hurt by that. I'm still hurt by the Black Widow thing. They, yeah. not only that Bobby's sort of, look, I'm a married man. I understand that, like, there are other pretty people out in the universe and things happen, but he had every opportunity to, like, recuse himself from that case or to do whatever or to, but what he did was not only, like, admit his feelings to this lady, but then lie to Lindsay. And we, as an audience, are just supposed to be cool with it because the show decided, oh, it's cool. Nothing happened. She went to prison, so it's good.
1: And you're 100% right. And this actually ties together with what Phoenix was saying. Because what Bobby did with the Black Widow, it wasn't a momentary flash. It wasn't a surprise kiss. This took place over time, over a long time. So this, even if it was just an emotional affair, which... You know, I think can be argued is just as bad as a physical affair, but it took place over a great deal of months, so it wasn't just like, "Oh, uh, I made a mistake." It was like I'm calculating, planning, continuing to make this decision over a long time. I've slept on it, and I'm like, I still want to keep doing this. So uh, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, uh, and like,
2: I'm sorry, we're talking about another an old episode, but. (laughs) <laughs> they didn't even like, they didn't even write it in a way that sort of, that we see Bobby have an epiphany or a realization that he had made a mistake or something. He just kind of like, they,
1: they kind of write it off. see with, it develop. It's just it's sort of just like, oh, by the way, this is happening.
2: At the end where he's like, no, there was just something about her that made me want to take care of her. And you're like, well, that's not what you said to her. Anyway. No. Uh, uh Back to the, back to the drawing board here. Uh, We, Phoenix, we, we have Good come point. around the bend to ag- to agree mostly with you.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, I feel like that's that's pretty good. It's pretty Mostly huge. agree. Yeah. I'll take that anytime. Uh well, but while we're talking while we're talking about broken hearts. Uh-oh. And uh and chatter and, dream. You know, the when you put yourself out there, when you when you give all <laughs> of your heart and soul and self- And, and best uh, impression.
2: Best impression you can do.
1: The best impression that anyone has ever done. And uh Sometimes it just doesn't work out, mm. and uh, unfortunately, we have heard uh, from the, the the true owner of Mike and Deglio's heart, and that is uh, we heard again from my mother, who uh, is he, just prepare yourself emotionally, Mike. This is you know that your yeah, your right. heart bead, hold your heart close.
3: The
1: heart what wants, she what says, it wants it does. <laughs> My mom says, okay, you wise guys, although it took me a while to get around to listening to your response to my complaint, the <laughs> hot topic of the day, <laughs> I will have to honestly admit that you both made me laugh out loud. Hey, oh, thank God. I will agree to make a wary quasi piece with Mike. And I challenge you both to a hike up my hillside. If you dare come to Vermont any season, she will do this challenge in five feet of snow. No problem. (laughs) She has snowshoes. She will kick our butts. But beware, fair warning, it's deep, dark woods. So look out for lions and tigers and bears and catamounts. Love to you both. Keith's mom
2: mom, everyone. I do declare. That was classy. A classy response. And uh, I will- To a very
1: unclassy segment we've been doing.
2: Listen, I'm glad we've made a piece. I hope you're at peace with my impression because I I feel that it's-
1: I don't think she's heard that. Oh, well,
2: (laughs) I guess right back in, let me know what you think of that because it's probably not going anywhere.
1: It's not. (laughs) And the, uh, the, the kicker to this story is I'm actually going up to Vermont uh, tomorrow.
2: Oh, boy. To well, I hope that she's folks. a few weeks
4: behind.
1: <laughs> I'll get to see my my folks for the first time since the uh, pandemic, so I'm pretty oh, that's excited cool. about it. All right. Well, if you would like to uh, let Mike down gently, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. And uh, while you're doing it, let us all down gently and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other... I just accidentally did a southern accent on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Or or any other, uh, you know, uh, podcasting service of your choice. Let us know. We will happily welcome you gratefully into the jury. Read your comments, good, bad, or ugly on the air. Okay. It is finally time to hop back into the time machine, back to February 17th, the year 2002, and answer the question, hey, what was going on? This day
3: in the basement.
1: You know, it turns out,
2: uh, as rarely happens, Keith, I know exactly where and what I was doing. Ooh, you have fun. a little bit more of a, a, a finger on the pulse of Keith Barney's life with that sweet sweet email that you Ooh. do a hard copy backup of I just learned which is both insanely obsessive and also apparently effective. Who who does
1: a hard copy backup? You. You
3: not have all a your
2: hard emails. copy backup. Well oh, no no okay I meant a digital backup. You back up your emails.
1: Yes I do. Like did, did I print out every email I've ever done? <laughs> that would be very years. obsessive.
2: Uh, no, I just rely on the Gmail, but I guess, but I've lost years worth. I, me- I used to have an email address for our band for all these things. I wish I'd kept those emails. Uh, man, I'd be awesome to have kept those emails. But I do remember what I was doing today because this okay. was uh, back in the school, the very, very poor, broke school days, and they would always post tickets for stuff. And for free stuff. And I, you know, there's many of regrets I have from those days. But one of the biggest regrets I have is that I didn't go to all of the free stuff. I just, we just selected. Now, one of the things we used to love to go to was we would try to find tickets to opening day or near opening day stuff at the Met. Because what the Met would do is when they would open their operas or sometimes even just like a general performance of their operas, they would have like past hors d'oeuvres if you got there early enough. Ooh. And so we would try to get tickets for that so we could get free food because we was broke.
1: He was uh, hungry.
2: One such occasion, I'll ne'er recall, I'll ne'er forget, uh, because they did not have any food at this per- at this performance. Uh, and I had to put on my mismatched suit that I used for juries, that but the pants were a different pinstripe than the jacket, but that's what I had, so it's what I wore. You know yeah. that you remember the days.
1: Anyway, I went to see... You mean today?
2: Yeah, right. The Met's production, uh, and I need to pull up... uh, This is... of The four-hour opera War and Peace. Oh, wow. Which I have... You can't appreciate it at all. Um, Let's see. Do I got it? Yes. You can't appreciate it at all because... you just can't see it here, but not only was there a cast of, I think, 60 principals in this show. Yeah. But the supers, the uh, the ex, I guess the chorus and extras mm-hmm. of the opera, they're uh, numbered, I believe, 250. So at any given time, there could be up to 300 people on stage. Oh. Uh, well, that's what I remember about this opera, Keith, that it was four hours long. <laughs> Giant. And you felt... You felt very nervous. The set was was impressive, but it was scary. It was too many people. And the Met stage is huge, but it it's was too giant. many people. And <laughs> I wish I was there for this part of the story. So uh, uh, full disclosure, uh, we did not stay. Uh, four hours oh, didn't, no. didn't quite, had I paid for tickets, I don't even think I would have stayed. It's just too long. I, I, the opera is not for me and
1: my uh, ADD. It's a of uh, opera in case you're wondering.
2: Yes, uh, yes. If you want details, I I encourage you to Google it because I remember there's a lot of people. That's my memory of it. And they didn't have food. And those were two very big strikes. We didn't see the food. We were like, we should just go. Uh, But this performance that I went to, but unfortunately left, turns out in the final 15 minutes of the show, one of the extras fell off the stage into the pit. And it was so scary that it's mentioned in the two reviews that I pulled up, one's in the Times, one's in the Post, and they actually had to come on the God mic to let the audience know that this extra was okay because it was that kind of like, kind of concerning. So just goes to, I don't think they've had 300 plus people on the Met stage subsequent to that. I think this kind of taught them a lesson. So that's exactly what I was doing. Actually, to be fair, it was on the 18th. So it was the day after this episode, but close enough. We'll allow it.
1: Wow, so cool, yeah. I uh, used to get, in a very similar situation, I had a friend who worked in the group sales, got to go um, see a lot of stuff at City Opera, which is mm-hmm. the, uh, the the other opera company at Lincoln Center, or at least it was then. It's sort of like the, uh, it, to call it like the junior varsity would be wrong, because yeah. they're extraordinarily good. Yeah. But they it, it's, it's sort of right next to there. And I saw uh, a bunch of their dress rehearsals actually, which is really cool. I saw an cool. opera version of Dead Man Walking from that that movie. Yeah, it was I think really entertaining. I
2: believe I saw that too. Did you? Or did they do a yes, yes? That's I did see that.
1: It had naked people. That's what yes. I remember. We saw yeah. it as well. Yeah. And I and I saw a an opera version of Little Women, which was stunning. It was and and then I saw the Broadway version like the next year, and I was like, that's not as good. Less stunning. Anyway, this this has been Opera Moment with Mike and Keith. And uh, speaking of opera, not quite opera, but in the opera studio, uh, what I was doing was I was beginning rehearsals for Eastman Opera's production of Stephen Sondheim's Passion, which was uh, very interesting. At that point, Eastman really wasn't doing a lot of musical theater, um, although they did Sweeney Todd, uh, I think a couple of years after I left, which I was pissed out, pissed off to have missed. Um, but okay. yeah, so I was starting rehearsals to play uh, Colonel Ricci in Passion, and when we get uh, up to the performance, I have some pictures from it as Ooh. well as a um, as the story of what I enjoyed most about that production, which had nothing to do with me uh, performing in the show. Uh, so anyway, what a unbelievable score mm. Passion has and so it's not one of the Sondheim shows where people it's it's never on anybody's like that's my number one Sondheim score because it's very dark and it's it's slow moving and uh, but it's incredibly heart-wrenching if you know if you either are or know the type of person and the psychology of Fosca uh, and it's a really fascinating um, fascinating show Beautiful score. Check it out. They filmed the version, the Broadway version. It is available. You can actually watch it with uh, with Donna Murphy. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, really fun. I'll talk more about it later. But that's what I was doing. I was beginning rehearsals to do that. So, in order to spare the rest of your life, let us move forward and talk about... It's time for the out-of-practice podcasts
0: This Day in the World The Greatest Hits The Biggest Movies Headlines from Vermont
2: Essential Sports Updates And for some inexplicable reason The Weather from 20 Years Ago
1: Now back to Keith and Mike Okay folks, we are talking again about February 17th, the year 2002 The top song was Always On Time With Ja Rule featuring Ashanti the top movie was John Q. you remember that one? The Denzel Washington Denzel? movie?
2: Yeah, barely.
1: Yeah. He, he like uh, takes a hospital hostage to get his kid some uh, health care. Okay. Uh, glad we solved the health problems. I mean, we nailed it. Uh, anyway, inter- entertaining movie. I don't think I've seen it in 20 years. The cover of the brilliant Free Press talked about packing in prisoners. There was a Vermont bed shortage... In uh the prisons, which you wouldn't imagine in Vermont. Um, but uh yeah, so you know, we've we solved that problem by Good. privatizing all Thank of god. our prisons. Whew, that worked out great for everybody. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so uh yeah, that's what was going on in the world. And now let's uh do everyone's second favorite s- segment now after hot cat content. It's a segment we call It's time, it's time, 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 time for sports. Sports. The NHL was on the Olympic break, but the NHL All-Stars were playing for their national teams. This week, the U.S. team beat Finland 6-0, tied Russia 2-2, and blew out Belarus 8-1 to win Group D. Brian Leach, Mike Madonna, Red Hall, Jeremy Roanick led the team and with Vermont's own John McClare. Meanwhile, Canada's team was led by Mary Lemieux, Steve Eisenman, Joe Sackick, and Marty Brodeur. Canada would beat... The U.S. in the finals taking the gold, leaving the U.S. silver medal. The U- U.S. with the silver medal. Sentences are difficult for me today. Keith, the, the Olympics are this summer. I'm so excited. Simone Biles. I know. We were watching some of the uh, some of the qualifying. Insane. If uh, if only they'd actually you know let her be as awesome as she is, and not penalize her for her own excellence.
2: Listen, it's the story of my life, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you saying that you're the Simone Biles of uh, podcasts about the practice?
2: Yeah, that's are, what I'm saying.
1: Are, are Specifically we being penalized that. for our excellence? Are yeah. we just so much better than other podcasts that uh, that's why nobody watches or listens? Yeah, I mean, I think you
2: nailed it. It's like a triple back, like triple back pod nut. That's like my
0: (laughs) (laughs) triple back pod nut.
1: (laughs) Let's move forward. Let's.
0: let's No, no, no! I want
1: you to describe to me what a triple back pod nut is. That's like when you've got to get to a. You've got a segue to
2: a bumper, right? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. you were just talking about like trauma and sexual abuse. And yet you've got to get to oops, hot cat content. Right. You've got, you've got to maneuver and do like a triple back pod nut segue to get there.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, let's do a triple back pod nut and talk. (laughs) I want a t-shirt hashtag triple back pod nut. Yeah.
2: I did. I was wearing my out-of-practice podcast tee uh, to Dick's Sporting Goods yesterday, and this couple was walking out, and I saw them blatantly stare at my t-shirt, and then start whispering to one another. I can only imagine they were like, what a fucking loser.
1: That guy clearly has a podcast. We should put him on a watch list somewhere. Perfect. All right. Well, let us show mercy to our audience, and... I'm a human being. God damn it.
2: My
0: life happen. has value. And it I'm not going to take this anymore. Yeah, we tried. No, no, no. It's stop time. it. Stop it.
1: We are doing so well. We were doing so well. Uh, I guess we we uh, did not stick the landing of our triple fist pod nut. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, let's try again. All right. Here we go.
0: I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to die.
1: okay we are talking about the practice season 6 episode 13 judge not is it a judge whose name is not not is spelled with a K so it is is it getting tied up in knots with a judge hmm. or is it judge not lest you be judged
3: mm. oh man
1: I don't know
2: interesting okay
1: well but I'll tell you this uh show has a teleplay by Jeff Rake, and this is his only episode of The Practice. He also wrote on The Street, Mismatch, and he created the show Manifest, which uh, this week is the number one show on Netflix, and got canceled. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. What a weird uh, situation. And it also has a story by Crystal Nix-Hines, who only worked on two episodes of The Practice? She last wrote on Vanished Part One. Mm. So, uh, if you hate this episode, it, it, no more of these people. If you love the episode, yeah, it, tough. Hey, Fresh Blood can't hurt though. Fresh Blood, yeah, and uh, was directed by Denny Gordon, the veteran director who last directed on Legacy, which that's a, uh, that's leads a Remenaz- Red Legacy was. Raymond that was Oz. a Raymond us. Yeah, we had to drink every time he said Legacy. And it uh, leaves us with only one more thing to do. And that is ask the question.
0: Guitar. What
2: What's your problem? Keith, your guitar sounds... Is this the new Contact PSDs are going to are gonna
3: be so good.
0: What? 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 What does Mike think's
1: gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? You know, when you made me turn down my cans, now I can't hear what you say during the bumpers again.
2: I said your guitar sounds with your new contact
1: VSTs are going to sound so good. I know. I should send you the, uh, the demo of what I'm working on. Uh, you said you were going to do that yesterday. You didn't do it. Uh, eh, do you really care? You no. Know.
2: So... <laughs> uh, you know, you posed a lot of better questions about this episode than I even thought about, uh, but what I was really working off of here was this, all right, before I okay. saw anything else. Or slight. So, so I also recognize that I have sort of dropped the ball with my predictions the last few weeks. They haven't been great, for being for being honest with one another. So this week I'm going for it here. I'm going to combine Ooh. our sexy pitch, and I'm going to get you. I'm going to be specific. Here's what I think is going to happen. Uh, Bobby is defending a client, okay, who uh, has his case is ironclad. He's got an ironclad alibi, alibi that okay. ha, that is something fancy. It's like a, it's it, it's like a something with like uh, there was a hanging or some sort of murder with a rope, and it has to do with the knot. Of the news, okay, that right. is the exculpatory evidence that Bobby is certain will get us out. However, I've been I've been pitching it for weeks that Helen was going to get involved with ADA Low, right? Right. No, Bobby's uh-huh. starting you to mean lose he's, the she's case. not. Oh, look at that! So Bobby's oh! starting to lose the case. Something's fishy's happening, and he start he catches a whiff. Of what might be an inappropriate relationship taking place between Helen Gamble, the DA of the case, and the judge. Ooh. There's going to be a smoke show judge, and Bobby doesn't know if something improprietous is happening, or what the what. So we've got m- mega conflict. We've got a- an illicit relationship. We've got a weird like shipping knot for something these all these things come together <laughs> for a for a sort of a bottle episode of the practice where uh, it's all about it's very focused no b case we're just like talking about this and it could be the end of Bobby's relationship friendship with Helen Gamble
5: oh
1: my
0: god damn that's right? a
1: good one I like it I like it here and here's your payment I'll play it here's here's the, here's some of the guitar But it's it's in the background. That was just some of the the electric. But yeah, it's got the, it's all, it's, you'll hear it's on Zoom.
2: All right, hold on. Because you've done that, Keith, I'm going to give you just my slate. Just the slate. Yes, give me the slate.
1: All right, hold on. Can you show it to
2: us? Yeah, hold on. Hello, I'm Michael Indeglio, and I'm with across-the-board Talent, and I'm 5'7 and a half. Uh, I am currently in Pennsylvania, and my home base is New York City. As far as dancing, I took some dance classes in college, but I am always willing to learn and or simply make a fool of myself. Dealers choice. Vivian? Oh, we're yes.
1: <laughs> uh, oh my God. You almost gave away some of the audition. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, That's uh that's what the embarrassment of our freaking lives is, people. So just many, wow. many of those.
1: Guys, we have just bared our souls <laughs> for you here <laughs> on the Out of Practice podcast. And now it is time to uh spare your souls and move forward. And uh you can listen to us watch the episode of the practice. Hop over to your podcasting service of choice.
2: Oh, I thought you had like a whole spiel, but no, no, we're just we're just going with that. No, that's a a... stare at the QR code that it takes fifteen seconds of my life every week that is completely pointless. But at no the time, it ever used it. It felt great. It felt great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that 15 seconds. That feels great, but nobody notices. <laughs>
2: yeah. A- 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 AKA my marriage. All right. Moving forward. <laughs>
1: Can't wait for Jen's text on Where that one. will Mike cut the episode here?
2: <laughs> Season six, episode 13, Judge Not.
5: Back then, I was sharp enough to stick in the ground and green enough to grow. I, I said yes to everything.
1: I don't so want to judge you, you, but you see? I, I can't There was the
5: nothing answer. I could do. No? At this point in my career, no. I was just an overworked prosecutor grunt. You know the feeling? <laughs> Oh, there you now are. This is long, long before I became the esteemed Chief Judge Fleming, winner of the State Bar Association's Lifetime a achievement award. I'll take that. This
2: judge wow. is winning an it. award, and I guess this, this is the judge that I'm, i I've just guessed Helen's no, no. gonna bang. In fact, well, no, I, I yeah. quite honored. I'm sorry. Oh, we got a drunk <laughs> bottle Helen.
6: Practically drunk Helen! Just a bunch of sippers. Hey, do you guys have some I gift bags you know. over there?
2: Oh, so nice. Guys Television trope. Y- 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 guess what? Uh, we, we're not certain she's drunk, so we're gonna, like, make her hair floppy? That's yeah. indi- That's an indica- indicator that she's
1: wasted? It's so amazing. Like, when I'm sitting out in the back deck, and the minute I get drunk, my hair just goes... Even though I haven't touched anything or moved.
2: Are we doing a thing like where we found out that, like, six seasons in, that Jimmy was a gamble-holic, now we're gonna find out that Helen's a, a, a,
1: a raging alcoholic... <laughs> <laughs> that would be apropos for the season, yeah.
6: Hey, firm springs for a table and nobody invites me? Shh. Embarrassing. That's right, Judge Fleming. I forgot what a big deal he was to you. You know I like him even better off the bench.
5: I'm just trying to listen. This is the room that would be perfect for his office. <laughs> now, Has he been news, on the show before, Judge Fleming? Summer, he looks familiar, here huh? I am Well, let's talk about Chief Justice- it. Chief Judge.
1: Judge Fleming is played by Bruce McGill, uh, who actually has not been on The Practice before, Hmm. but there was, I forget, it was early season one or season two, there was somebody who looked so much like him that I confused him with it and started talking about what I'd seen him in, and it wasn't him. Hmm. Uh, But Bruce McGill, you might know from such important shows as MacGyver, Time Cop, another Time Cop veteran, Rizzoli and Isle's Shades of Blue, and on Voyager, he played Captain Braxton in Relativity, Star Trek.
2: Amongst other things, this guy's been, he's one of those guys who's like, oh, that guy. He's
1: been at everything,
5: yeah. The United States move furniture. I'm sweating buckets. I mean, I'm, I'm pushing this. I'm talking huge. Let's talk about Cassell.
1: Um,
6: tomorrow on court, huh? Now, I know you think the Cassell case hinges on consent, but
7: we're in no shape to argue this tonight, counselor.
6: Can you two take it outside? Very good idea. Bob, your client is a Ooh. bad man. He deserves to be in jail. Helen's being a little forward, forward and Lindsay ain't happy. Maybe
1: not, it. but you're gonna buy me a new tie. I, I, I mean, a little it. handsy with Bobby.
6: You're not taking me seriously This is well, gonna go to dying. trial She's very drunk Buddy, I'm gonna win
0: <laughs> Oh God
6: <laughs> We've got
0: a
1: sexual comic prat ball Sexual comic prat ball The lady's gonna land on the dude on the floor And they're gonna be awkward in front of his wife
3: I should have listened to my
1: Let's
2: see I believe it went something like Bobby is an asshole And Helen is a drunk floozy
1: Floozy, floozy Although I'm not sure what Bobby necessarily could have done He could have established, you know Force fields with the uh, Hansy X
2: now, I'm all for like, let's make sure nobody gets hurt. So let's like, let's definitely stage the fall. But sometimes it can be so staged that it's choreographed. Like that looked like a Viennese waltz through over the chair and onto the floor. It was so, it was so deliberate.
1: Like the Viennese waltz that you just did for yourself tape.
2: Yeah. You know, Jen wouldn't, Jen refused to be a part of it. So I just like, I air waltzed. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> yeah. She was right. She made the right call.
6: At which time you right. arrived at the defendant's house. So this yes, is the case
2: that correct. Helen wanted to discuss overdrawn.
6: Officer Chen, can you describe what transpired?
8: I knocked on the door, announced my presence. Cassell's girlfriend answered, said he wasn't home. I requested permission to search the premises, and she, the girlfriend, granted my request. I did a protective sweep of the common area, then I heard someone talking down the hall.
6: And at that point...
8: I approached the room with my weapon drawn, pushed open the door, and entered.
6: Was anyone inside?
8: No, it was the TV. Politically incorrect, but right there in the corner. Okay, let's do two things. One, let's introduce
1: Officer Chen.
2: I'm gonna try to mute myself here and there because they're doing the shrubbery outside, and it's very loud.
1: Very loud. Officer Chen is played by Vic Chow from the show Seis Manos, 24 Pearl Harbor, and he does a ton of voiceover work. You can, you can hear he's got a great voice for that. But I also thought it was really interesting here that he gave a shout-out to Politically Incorrect. Why does Bill Maher get a shout-out in this? Other than, I know that that show was very hot right now, you know, in the uh, run-up to the wars. Either a personal so favor
2: forth. that David E. Kelly was doing for somebody and or the writers, I guess, right?
1: Oh, <clears throat> you totally just put a uh, just put a gate on you. So every time I you talk, I can hear the gardening. <laughs> but when you don't,
2: <laughs> I go
1: dead silent. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good gating.
8: What appeared to be narcotics, cocaine. <laughs> you say you heard the television. I heard someone talking. I thought it might be the defendant. Did you hear
4: anything else? A band playing, laughter from an audience?
8: Just talking.
4: You opened the door and this is where you saw the television?
8: No, it turned out to be coming from the next room.
4: So there was no talking from this room after all? No. And yet you still saw fit to enter the room and continue your search? The box was right there. And you say it was Mr. Cassell's girlfriend who consented to your search? That's right. Where is the girlfriend? I would think she'd be here. She hasn't come forward. We can't find her. No further questions, Your Honor. The witness may step down. Your Honor, move to surprise due to the fact that my client was denied his Fourth Amendment rights. Officer Chen had no right to search. Your
6: Honor, Officer Chen relied on the girlfriend's apparent authority to consent.
4: We deny the girlfriend ever gave consent. It's hearsay. We don't stipulate it ever happened. Furthermore, Officer Chen's account of discovering the drugs is riddled with contradictions. Not
3: true,
6: Your Honor. Officer Chen testified he heard talking.
4: He heard the television, and not even from the room in question.
6: W- regardless, the search of the room this was room part of a protective echo on their voices suite. here. Once inside, the that, evidence yeah. was in plain sight.
4: Fruit of the poisonous tree. The fact of the matter is. Thank you, counsel.
2: They're actually clipping a little bit too. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm wondering if something happened to the, like the Lavs and they went they had to use the wild, the, like the wild. They do sound. the
4: booms. Yeah. yeah.
5: It sounds
1: like the microphone is a little further away from them. The line between
5: issues of fact and law here is a... Where it's him, he's right on. Is it not? Your Honor, if I may... Just speaking rhetorically, Counselor, if you'll allow me to continue. I must say, I'm not entirely certain that a ruling would even be appropriate at this juncture, without the benefit of additional evidence that might arise at trial. I think we could all benefit from more time. But the defendant is entitled to a speedy trial and a speedy trial he shall get. Accordingly, I'll reserve my ruling on this matter while allowing the trial to go forward. The clerk will set a date for jury selection. We're adjourned. Your Honor. Thank you, counsel.
1: So what just happened there, for those keeping a track at home, was there's a... Basically, the entire case is about... Helen Gamble. The search of the house that says... Uh, they found the cocaine um, and they're disputing whether or not it was a reasonable search, whether they had to write to go in there or not. And uh, what the judge just said is I'm not going to rule on the admissibility of the evidence, basically the entire case yet. I'm going to wait to wait later to make that decision. And we're going to go forward with the trial. Um, But if I decide that it's inadmissible, the trial is basically done. Mm. So it's interesting that he sort of punts that.
2: And now entering the room here, entering Helen's office, is a face we've seen before.
1: Uh, you yes. think it is, but it's not. Let's do a Who's guy that Mike thinks Who's is uh, what's his name, Page Boy from West Wing. It's not. It's not. Oh who no! Is it? <clears throat> you're 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 thinking it's uh uh Silver, but it's not. It's actually Dennis Boutsikaris from Better Call Saul, Mm. Batteries Not Included, Billions, Salvation, uh, Shameless. He had a big, really good arc on that. And Crocodile Dundee too. He looks a lot like Ron Silver, but he's not Ron Silver. He's Ron Silver's uh, twin brother. Greg Mitchell, US Attorney's Office.
6: You guys recruiting door to door these days?
7: (laughs) It's my understanding Judge Fleming left the ball in the air this morning. You never know with these suppression issues.
6: Since when does the U.S. Attorney's Office take an interest in a state possession case?
7: Actually, I can think of a couple dozen federal cases we'd like to point off on you.
6: What's this about? Miss yeah, Gamble. What's going on?
7: How well do you know Judge Fleming?
6: I got drunk at his party one time. I've appeared before him a number of times. When he was a DA, we all saw On sat the floor on, on top trial. of Bobby. In fact, I was at a dinner last night On honor- We have
7: reason to believe Judge Fleming has been accepting bribes.
6: Oh, shit. Charles Fleming. Come on.
7: Now, in this case that you're handling, he might eventually admit the evidence to compensate for his recent spate of suppressions and acquittals and to check any attention he might have already drawn to himself.
6: And he may admit the evidence because I established a valid reason for him to do so.
7: Well, with all due respect, we don't think so by reserving his ruling he is sending a message that he is open for a bribe this has been his mo in over a dozen cases that we've reviewed
6: it never occurred to you that he may just prefer not to make impulsive decisions from the bench
7: we have a witness we have a federal prisoner who's looking to reduce his sentence on a robbery conviction well that's reliable this prisoner says in a previous case his lawyer paid judge fleming five grand for an acquittal seems low and we have evidence of similar payoffs. it certainly does the Department of Justice has been looking at this case for over eight months.
6: Have you approached Even I any of the attorneys in those cases spoken grand. with anyone upstairs?
7: No, we're concerned with tipping off the judge. We prefer in these matters to handle this through a sting. We create a case and then we assign an attorney who we think might be involved.
6: Is that what this is? You want me to prosecute a fabricated case?
7: Actually, Ms. Gamble, you already are. Oh shit
1: Yeah
2: Wait so does Bobby know?
1: No right? No Bobby does not know In fact he said that they uh, They pick attorneys They assign an attorney that they think might be involved So they think, they think that taking... Bobby might be involved in this shit.
2: Well they, Their scruples have been in question before Hmm so they're basically asking helen to not only basically run a sting on the judge but in it indirectly bobby as well
1: that's right what's going on
4: cassell what are you doing here
6: bobby it's okay
4: like hell it is you can't meet with my client without my approval greg mitchell ausa
2: oh so i guess they're not doing bobby.
7: this is agent Donegan, fbi how
2: they're you gonna doing, work Mr.
6: together
7: Donald. buddy cop
6: Helen bobby buddy cop same with my idiot cop chen i had no idea what is this
7: we think judge fleming is on the take we've been observing him for some time now and we plan to bring him down with this trial
4: get out of my office oh shit bobby's
7: pissed we have a very impressive track record in front of judge fleming you think i'm somehow in on this well we were suspicious but Based on your interactions with Agent Donegan, we're no longer targeting you. You're
4: off the hook. It's official. Are you involved in this?
6: What, Bobby? No. I tried to shut this down. Look, I think you should at least listen.
4: We
7: want you to offer Judge Fleming a bribe. Forget it. Bobby. Can I call you Bobby? Bobby, you're missing the bigger picture here. Bobby. The office of US attorney and the grand jury keep this trust invested in, a great deal of time and money in this investigation, idea. and your <laughs>
1: cooperation would be greatly valued. But but it's good TV. you to cooperate. Tell me you're not excited to see what happens.
7: Because Bobby
2: has done some shit, and you got to imagine that the judges, especially like the bad judges, keep a fucking tally of, of yeah, questionable. Yeah, like calls, a mutually right?
1: assured dis- destruction file. I certainly would.
2: So I don't think Bobby wants to fuck with this judge. Now, maybe Helen's got a better shot at it, but I don't know if Bobby wants to be involved. Although I guess he is because it's his fucking television show. So here we go.
7: <laughs>
3: Buckle true. up.
7: Well, that, that would create a problem. And I think you can appreciate that we will do everything that we can to get you to cooperate. Are you threatening me? No, I'm stating yeah. a fact. And the fact is that you may well find yourself and this firm conflicted out of all superior court cases until this investigation is completed. Ooh, shit. And who knows how long that'll take without your cooperation. So, if you want to stay in business, you're going to do whatever we say.
2: Well, I would say that's on the cut-and-dry side of things.
0: Yep, fair enough.
3: Sad people I guess Bobby has to mail. do
0: it. <laughs> what if Fleming's clean? You offer him a bribe, he tells you to take a walk. Now he thinks you're dirty.
2: Helen would not let Bobby take the fall. They'll just have to suck it up, tell the judge they made a mistake and that they forced Bobby to participate.
4: Fleming is very popular and judges talk. And there's nothing to stop him from turning every judge on the state and federal bench against us. All our careers could be over.
0: If Fleming is dirty, which is doubtful,
6: his friends are going to resent us for bringing him down.
4: Count on it.
6: Don't you think the majority would be
4: outraged if he is on the take? Wouldn't they be glad we got him? You're kidding yourself, Rebecca. Operation Grey Lord in Chicago, judges got busted, and most of the people who wore the wires ended up pariahs.
2: Because they'd been on the take and only set up others to save themselves.
4: People will assume the same about us. Look, obviously I don't want to do this. I agree the risk is tremendous. But I just wonder if angering the U.S. attorney isn't a bigger risk.
2: I think it's worth saying, uh, you and I have said this many times, I'm going to reiterate it, there is such a lack of this scene. They should be doing this scene all the time. When they're all around the table, rationally discussing pros and cons, it's so good. They should be, yeah. It should be all, in every episode, and they just underutilize it.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And also, like, there's room for multiple opinions, all rational and all reasonable. And I just I I like seeing them all together. I agree. Lindsay. Now, it sandwiches even better. My first jury baby. trial
6: was in front of Fleming. It lasted three months. He was fair, considerate, more than competent. I came to like and admire him very much. He remains the best judge I have ever appeared before.
4: He has his share of believers. I'm one of them, Lindsay.
6: You can't do this. Don't let Mitchell use you like this or use us.
4: We're not doing anything wrong. I'm not so sure that matters. He better be guilty.
1: I mean, I personally am super psyched for this storyline.
2: Yeah, let's see how it goes.
6: This is just like Donnie Brasco.
4: Lucy, do you mind? Actually, Brasco was FBI.
6: How amazing was Johnny
3: Depp?
4: Johnny Depp is an actor. The real Danny Brasco was amazing.
3: You knew him.
4: Can we get on with this? Fleming is going to need a signal that you. Need. I'm going to let you pause it
1: and talk about this guy, so you can look at Bobby with his shirt off. I was going to say we
2: get everything you want: Bobby with his shirt off, Lindsay being thirst or uh, Lucy being thirsty, to Johnny Depp and a really hotshot federal agent.
1: Yes, indeed, the hotshot federal agent is played by Christopher B. Duncan. Who has gone on to become uh, pretty big after this in shows like Black Lightning, Veronica Mars, The First Family, The District, The Jamie Foxx Show, and Veronica Mars. For some reason, I wrote it twice.
2: And when he gets on that basketball court, he be Duncan.
1: So
7: the first thing that you do in court this morning Boom. is you waive the jury and you Medium? request a bench trial.
4: I'll have to <laughs> consult with my client.
7: This is how most defense attorneys seem to be approaching the judge. It shows that you're willing to put your fate in his hands. Okay, say something.
4: You're pissing me off. Perfect. Okay, you can button up.
1: Nice. Hey, pissing Keep Bobby off. Turn the mic on. Ready
4: to record? Click it once, and you're rolling. How am I getting through security?
2: You know, we've got microchip computers. We've got satellites in space. We've got a Tesla orbiting mm-hmm. the the cosmos. And yet we can't come up with better mic technology. Look at Bobby's shirt. I mean, that wire, is it's like you're running a a deep-sea internet cable. I mean, that thing is gigantic.
1: (laughs) Well, I I hate to be the one to uh, remind you that uh, this was actually done 20 years ago. So we didn't have a, a Tesla.
2: No. Even so, come on
1: wearing this agree walk through the detective I mean, think about this one it's
2: like a giant piece of masking tape they didn't even get some like good mic tape i mean it's just just bush well,
1: league for, well for instance they're all wearing lav mics right now <laughs> right in that scene and we can't see it mm-hmm. and it's no it, you know what that's that's actually a really good point with all the scenes with the hidden microphones like they're always bigger than just your standard like non-equity dinner barn theater. The and you bikes think are they'd smaller specialize
2: it, right? Like if you if we go back a couple seconds, it's it's not like they have a perfect. Okay, so Bobby's six foot tall. Okay, the average guy needs about we need about a, a a foot and a half of cord. He's got like seventeen feet of cord wrapped up and then zip tied, and then it's like put into his belt buckle. Like, come on, we can do better.
1: Keys, right? We're yes, gonna have that's someone there. And when the alarm you're, you're goes totally off, right, because we I was wearing a mic fine. way smaller than that forty yeah. years ago. You're right.
2: He's gotta start his own. They don't have enough microfiche tape to that he's gotta click it to start recording? Like just have it rec- like you can't record for 20 hours? Come on now.
1: Well, it well, probably wasn't digital at that point. Is that a walkman you, in your ass? Or are you just happy to see me? But why why isn't it a radio signal that they're sitting in the next room picking it up? I mean, I, not to brag, but I, I actually got to wear a mic on uh, the Titanic tour.
2: Mm, I just had a giant megaphone I shouted in.
1: <laughs> we, had, we had like 25 mics and 25 cast members.
2: It wasn't the A tour. <laughs>
1: Empty your pockets,
2: please. Bobby sets off the thing. Seems like they could have uh, back arranged for Bobby to go in a different entrance, maybe.
0: Yeah, Spread your You take him over there.
5: Oh, okay. Spread your arms,
2: sir. Huh? CEO Jen got a haircut looking good! Ooh. Appreciate it. Hate sir. to see well, you it go, but I like watching you walk away.
1: Well, while that awkward interaction was happening, <laughs> Bobby got through security.
2: Man time
1: yeah miss our fans
2: a lot of natural lighting in this scene thus far
1: it's done.
0: all rise the risk
2: reward of a five thousand dollar bribe seems just insane
1: that's what i'm saying like Five thousand dollars. I mean, like, I don't really have much of a life or much to lose. And there's no way in hell I would risk anything for that amount of money. I
2: guess he's let alone a judge. I guess I guess the the inference there is that he does it a bunch because he's just like taking hand over fist so the lower level criminals right. can offer him a bribe. And then on top, the sort of uh the power play of being a judge and and being so nonchalant that you have there's well, no I, risk of getting caught.
1: I mean, all of these things it means so many like incredibly powerful, rich people do stupid things because they're because of the psychology of it, not because they need the five thousand dollars it's it's like any any of these politicians or judges or whatever getting caught with a hooker or getting caught taking a two hundred dollar bribe. like it's all about power
2: now, I'm also fairly confident that I watched the documentary now i I'm afraid that it also could have just been like a episode of s v u that I watched. That I'm confusing as a real thing, but I, I recall there being a, a a case or a conspiracy where a judge. No, I'm pretty sure this is a real thing, where a judge was uh, taking bribes to send uh, clients or was sending clients for low level offenses to like max prisons in, in like a pay oh, yeah. thing with the prison. For
1: well, it it goes back to the for profit prison thing I was talking about. Like, yeah, they were they, they were sending people to prison and being getting a kickback from the prison which was making money on them going there yeah that's probably both a real thing and an svu be seated
3: (laughs)
2: most
0: things are at this point good morning your honor
1: morning
5: you'll
2: forget good morning bobby donnell for the defense
5: you want five thousand dollars Forget my impropriety it's a cold one today (laughs) all right then in the matter of the commonwealth versus cassell if there are no further motions in Limony, I believe we are ready to begin jury selection. In regards to voir counsel, as you may know, I typically Your Honor, if I may.
4: You have a lot to add these days, it seems, Mr. Donald. Actually, my client has decided to waive a jury and request a bench trial.
5: Mr. Cassell? Mr. Cassell, you understand that once you waive this right, the decision to cannot the be undone. To the judge. Your fate will rest in my hands alone.
2: Some great acting yes, there, sir. too. There's sort of like a tacit understanding.
5: Ms. Gamble, them. the Commonwealth is equally entitled to try its case before a jury. Do you have any objection to Mr. Cassell's waiver request?
6: No, Your Honor. We're amenable.
5: Very well, then. We'll begin with opening statements after lunch. Until then, we're in recess.
3: all right phase
1: one it's such a ballsy thing to put your hands in the judge
4: it's gross but i guess if you that's gross you're hating this as much as me not possible trust me can i trust you i mean i don't know who to believe anymore who are the good guys who are the bad
6: it was a lot easier when they all wore black and white hats I mean, first we give Fleming a Lifetime Achievement Award. Now we're trying to crack him over the head with it.
2: Oh, and by the way... Feels a little schlocky. The writing's a little schlocky there.
1: It's a little... Well, it, it, maybe it's Helen's just a little schlocky.
4: She's still, she's still hungover. Anytime. All right,
2: Bobby. I got a big stack of money in my
1: pocket. (laughs) So Bobby's about to follow the judge into the bathroom. (laughs) And he turns on his medic alert.
0: (laughs) The remote for that.
1: I got a very big mic in my pocket. I, l- I like the fact that they had the little detail there that the judge definitely humor? went number one? two. Oh, very much so. But super very fast.
4: Much. Rumor has it that I got a very big day. A circuit appointment. Ah! Yeah, I learned a long time ago not to put too much stock in rumors. Could be
5: wise to do the same. Of course, I'm not complaining. It's nice to know there are people out there taking the rumor seriously. Hands weren't I wet, suppose it is.
2: dried his dry hands.
4: Judge, I've been weighing my options in the case before you and, well, to be candid, the DA's offered a deal. A somewhat reasonable deal, in my opinion. I don't know if it's the right
5: Mr. Donnell, are you asking me to handicap this case for you? Thinking out loud, Your Honor. Well, keep it to yourself next time. That way our pleasant chat won't seem more like a highly improper ex
4: parte discussion. Judge, I had no intention. We're done.
5: Oh,
1: shit. Oops. So he's either clean or he's he sniffs a rat? Damn it. Or he sees the... Uh...
4: Like the Xbox they strapped to <laughs> Bobby's chest. The man cut me off way before I even got close to a bribe. He berated me for initiating an ex parte discussion. I know, I heard. I was listening. He is testing you. I don't buy that, all right? I was there.
6: Look, this is a mistake. This man has done. I'm gonna be nothing frank with you. His dick was, was much bigger case. than I expected, every and ruling, I was very intimidated. Every word out of his mouth has a legitimate <laughs> explanation.
7: Look, it's understandable that the two of you are nervous. It is normal in an undercover operation. I'm getting out, and you
4: should do the same. Bobby, it is not that simple. No, it's very simple. As soon as Fleming takes the bench, Helen will announce that the deal has been made. And the case will be dismissed. (laughs) And nobody's announcing anything. If you don't do it, I'll do it for you. I cannot allow that, Bobby. You son of a bitch! You come in here with complete disregard for what we do day in and day out? And all you're really aiming for is some high-profile case so you get the most ink in the press, get the most bang for your buck. That's right. Just so you can let everyone know you're a big shot doing your job and we can all sleep safe at night. Judge Fleming is the most important and influential jurist in your district. He's supposed to stand for all
7: that is right, and he
0: is a crook.
4: I don't know that. And I will not help you entrap an innocent judge. Bobby,
7: let me remind you
2: The build here is incredible. Dylan McDermott does a great job of not going too fast, too far. Too far, too fast. Like, he was simmering this whole time. He did what was asked of him. And here was his chance to kind of blow up. But it felt earned. It felt uh, well-paced. Really great episode so far.
1: Well, and the stress that he's under. Of course, in that scene, I was just imagining, uh, wishing in my own stupid brain, that when Bobby pulled off his undercover mic, he actually pulled off his lav mic for the show, and then we couldn't hear him for the rest of the scene.
7: (laughs) That there will be major repercussions if you jeopardize this investigation.
4: I suggest you make this case go away quietly, because I am done.
2: You know, it's good that I'm glad that we had that scene in the court in the conference room because what Bobby hasn't expressed to this guy to the federal to the fed, to the feds is is the truth. If the, if he is clean, it's sort of a, it's sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? If he's guilty, right. great, but still, other judges could be pissed at Bobby and and question his motives going forward, right? And if he does bring him or if he if he is clean, Bobby's fucked. That right.
1: We and that's the thing, like the only person guaranteed to be screwed by this is Bobby. Mm-hmm. The judge may or may not be screwed, but Bobby is guaranteed either way to be screwed. And
4: Mike's eating lunch, so he can't talk. Mr. Uh, Donald.
2: Well, someone say Walter he's caught Cakes. between a rock and a spader.
4: Judge Fleming's clerk. Yes, right. <laughs> of course, I'm sorry. I'm on my way to the courtroom now. Actually, the judge would like to see you in chambers. You know, I need to check with my firm and I don't want to delay our afternoon session. Would you ask the judge if he could see me at the end of the day? Judge Fleming would like to see you now. This is Paul
1: Hayes, Judge as Fleming's assistant.
2: And me without my Victrola to my...
1: you head. asked
4: to see me? Thank you, Walter. <laughs> you ever read any of this fellow's work? Can't say that I have.
5: Believes the only way true justice can be built is if it's based on a foundation of a single, Unless shared world view. Pretty radical stuff.
2: Bobby doesn't have his tape recorder, though.
5: I got the book as a gift, nope. so I suppose it doesn't much matter. I won't be finishing it.
2: So theoretically, if this exchange, if Bobby goes, if he plays along here, the judge could could claim Bobby was trying to... Well, I don't know. We'll see. Bobby's gonna get fucked somehow. Not
3: well, the good hoping way. For that also I know we the, all
5: go through the security mill out there, but... You can never be sure who'll try to sneak what in these days, so you don't mind if I see for myself, do you, Counselor? No, of course not. Fine, thank you.
2: Ooh, lucked into this one.
5: yeah huh? You'll learn to be careful too, Mr. Donnell. You never know who's listening. In the courtroom,
4: in the public restroom. Yes, sir.
5: So, what was it you wanted?
4: Not quite sure. Have a seat, Bobby.
5: Relax. I've hung my judicial robes at the door. We're simply two men having a conversation. Earlier you referred to a deal proffered by the assistant DA. What exactly are we talking about? Three years. I see. How does that sound to your client? He'd prefer less. (laughs) Touche. Touche. Which brings you to me, is that
4: right? You'd like to make a deal too? If possible, Your Honor, yes. I would.
5: $10,000.
2: Now we're talking.
5: I'll need time to get the money together. Yes, well, I have no intention of sitting through an entire trial when I already know the result. If we're doing this, we do it today. You can have an hour. I think I can make that happen. Then I think you've got an acquittal.
1: Shit. Wow. Great shot. Good job, Denny Gordon.
5: Bobby. Bobby. You want this book? It's yours for the taking, if you like. Thanks anyway.
2: Dillings acting is great. Bobby's acting, not
3: great. (laughs)
4: right. He made the offer. And you didn't have the wire. I'm lucky I didn't. He patted me down. Why couldn't you have stalled? I tried. He insisted I see him immediately. All right, never mind. So what happened? Was he specific? He wants 10 grand in an hour. The clerk told me to call him when I'm ready.
6: He's aware of the arrangement.
4: It seems. Just a whipped out flip phone for the ages.
1: We're
5: on. Let's go.
4: Walter, Bobby Donald. I'm approaching the building. Are we clear? Globe? Good.
2: Folks, we're only halfway through. This ain't even remotely close to done.
1: So they're doing the handoff... to... (laughs) Look at the guy holding the camera! That was terrible. (laughs) He's like holding a full-on, like, movie camera on his shoulder. It's not even like a camcorder. This thing is huge. What's he waiting for? This guy's killing me. Come on already.
0: There he goes,
6: there he goes. I don't believe this. Get that old man out of there.
1: So you waited too long. Somebody tried to take the paper with the money in it, nice but he switched
3: work, it. Walter.
1: Back in the courtroom. Be seated.
5: We meet again. In the matter of the Commonwealth versus Cassell.
6: Your Honor, in light of the jury waiver and in the interest of expediency, the Commonwealth is prepared to forego its opening statement and move forward with its first witness.
5: The gesture is appreciated, Counselor. Appreciated, and yet as circumstance would have it unnecessary. I'm sorry? Over lunch, I had the opportunity to sink my teeth into the issues raised by counsel in relation to the defendant's motion to suppress. And having been designated the sole fact finder, my stated concerns about the intertwining of fact and law are now moot. I am prepared to rule. I see. After extended consideration of the testimony and applicable case law, it is my conclusion that the state's procurement of the narcotics resulted from a search that improperly exceeded the parameters of the Fourth Amendment. And while it pains me greatly, to bar the introduction of such plainly incriminating evidence, the state's infringement of the rights of the defendant leaves me no other option. The motion to suppress is therefore granted.
4: Your Honor, the defendant moves for dismissal of all charges. Ms. Gamble,
5: read my written ruling. I don't see any way around this.
6: The prosecution places its objection on the record.
2: Oh, guys, really selling it here.
1: Very well, then. Yeah, I feel like Helen would be fighting a little harder than that normally. Noted.
2: I think Judge knows he's fucked right here, so he's going to be something dismissed.
7: crazy. Okay, let's go.
2: They're gonna do
4: it right here. Judge Charles Fleming. Well, I think he knew he was the to...
5: Federal Bureau of Investigation. This is my courtroom. How dare you come in here like this? Judge Fleming, you're under arrest. What are you talking about? You don't have any authority. What is happening? We're you're under arrest for ball accepting ball. bribes. We're literally disrobing
1: you. Obstruction of justice and racketeering you. under Title 18, USC section 1962.
0: I don't think they would move in and you do this. You have the this, right to remain silent. This Anything thing. you say can and will be used it's against TV, you.
1: It's you. TV, Mike. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, an attorney will be appointed for you.
2: Oh, there's a a stare down between Bobby and the judge. Oh, man, this guy's great. The
1: judge is pissed. Yeah, personally, McGill, will Are you
3: guilty of the bribery
1: charges, sir? Very underrated. Please, Judge. We
0: don't have a comment, please. Please, a comment. How much money is involved? How much money are we talking about with the
8: alleged bribery? And with reference to the remaining counts, how does the defendant plead? My client pleads not guilty to each and every one of those charges. Now Bobby's going to have to testify. Very well. And be cross-examined. The court will schedule a preliminary hearing one one week from today. In the interim, we were. I know that lawyer from somewhere.
1: So our good friend Judge Fleming has hired an attorney. An attorney played uh, by an actor by the name of Gregory Itzen. Who might have been in Yes Most recently, Michael Stanfield In Liberty Bells But guess what? He was also Al Daly In Save the Mule This is a official Triple Dipper And you know what you get When you're a Triple Dipper You get Super Bumper
0: We're not supposed to know that you've been on the show before. And before. But after a Super Bowl guest star, you've come charging back for more. Back for so more. welcome back to the practice. We'll pretend that we don't recognize that you were here before in season four. And you massacred the scenery. First, you were a judge who was
3: a bit, bit of a dick,
0: dick bitter dick in silence of the lens you were a bit of a dick in real life i'm sure that you're a really nice guy welcome back to the practice tonight
8: hell yeah Hell for judge yeah. Judge Fleming be released on his own recognizance. The prosecution believes that the defendant poses okay. a flight risk. Your Honor, Judge Fleming is a highly respected judge. Furthermore,
7: due to the nature of the allegations, there is
8: also the very real potential for witness tampering.
7: Your Honor. The government accordingly requests that the defendant
8: be held without bail. Your Honor, I'll ignore the fact that pretrial detention is not meant to be a punishment. But proposing incarceration after arresting my client without even the flimsiest of evidence is unconscionable. While this arraignment is not the time to debate this case, I will remind
7: defense counsel that we have a witness who will testify to the judge's solicitation, as well as
5: a videotape of the money drop. Gentlemen, please. Let's bring this down a few notches, shall we?
1: Is Judge David Sage?
8: Mr. Anderson. Judge Fleming appears nowhere on this videotape, and there's no reason to believe he was involved in any alleged scheme in any way. Your Honor, as I said, these are issues to be raised at trial. This already shaky case where there is no audio or video documentation of my client's involvement is based on the highly questionable testimony of one man, Attorney Bobby Donald. I have to object. Bobby Donald, the prosecution's only witness, was charged with the passing of information from the DA's office that resulted in the deaths of two police officers. He was also charged with the murder of a third man. Keith won't even let that go. Mr. Donald was cleared of any wrongdoing in both Uh, cases. He's only been charged with murder twice. Anything that Mr. Donald says, in fact, I have it on authority that the very reason Mr. Donald was chosen to try to pull off this alleged sting operation in the first place. We are not here to talk, Mr. Mitchell. Be grateful I am not exposing all of your so-called witnesses' well-documented exploits, both in and out of the courtroom. But. For reasons of this hearing, is Judge Fleming a flight risk? No. Does he present a danger to the community? Certainly not. Your Honor, all I ask is that you consider the merits of this case before denying his liberty. Mr. Donald is not the kind of person this great country's Department of Justice.
2: Yes, this does look bad for Bobby. Because you you would think, okay, well, if it's just his word, then the judge is going to have more clout than Bobby is however that's not true Helen was also in on the scheme Bobby's entire firm was led to was let known that they will that this was happening and that what the plan was the, the feds talked to Bobby and prepared like there's plenty of clout behind what behind well, the I sting don't think operation the,
1: I don't think the issue is Bobby wasn't part of a sting right the issue is this entire case hinges upon what Bobby said Versus, because because there's no proof, so it's like basically the whole case is do we believe what Bobby says, which means that the entire case is about Bobby's credibility, which then becomes a something that can be it's admissible. So all of this other shit goes to whether or not he is credible, right? But then what, the whole case what what's, comes down what's to the, the
2: is the is the counter argument that Bobby never made this agreement with the judge and Bobby just get put $5,000 into a trash can for the fun of it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it, well, his motivations for doing it don't matter. The matter is, might he be lying?
8: Yeah, okay. For any reason. ...should be relying on in its search for truth. The people certainly deserve better than Bobby Donald. Defendant will surrender his passport to the clerk of the court. Bail is set at
5: twenty-five thousand dollars.
6: You seen where Bobby went?
7: I didn't notice. No. Now be honest. In the end, it's worth all the trouble, don't you think?
6: What are you talking about? We got him. Got him. You haven't gone to trial.
7: Well, we probably won't. Most likely, Fleming will plead. He'll resign from the bench. He'll serve maybe three years and get probation for two.
6: Look, Anderson just hung Bobby out to dry in there. You plead this out, you'll give everyone the impression the feds can't build a case on Bobby's testimony.
7: We probably can't.
6: Then why did you involve him in the first place?
7: He was our best shot at making this investigation a success. No matter what the cost. Look, I have to decide if I could win this case the clerk's not talking and Donald simply lacks credibility. Now, we have limited resources and I'm not about to spend them on some long, expensive trial just to see that Fleming winds up in jail. He's off the bench, he's gone. That's all that matters.
6: Let me talk to Fleming. I'll be the good cop, he knows me. There's gotta be more there. Look, it's the least you can do after coming in here and making such a mess.
2: Yeah, basically sacrificing someone's career.
8: Yeah. Fake Ron Silver's a dick. I don't know the purpose of this. My client maintains his innocence. We have nothing to offer.
6: Your Honor, you're not the real target of the government's investigation. They're simply looking for a way in. They still need to know how many others were involved in the scheme.
5: Helen, don't treat me like a child. And let's not waste any time discussing a scheme. There was no scheme.
6: If you reveal the attorneys who participated, the Department of Justice will make you a reasonable offer. Please, consider taking advantage of this. You can help yourself here.
8: He'll help himself by seeing this through to trial. Do you honestly expect to prove this beyond a reasonable doubt? On what basis, Bobby Donald's testimony? If we could have just
7: another minute, I think we can make some progress here.
2: Here comes the clerk. Oh they
1: Yeah. Looking all sad and dopey. Your honor. I'm so sorry.
2: How'd they how'd they break the clerk? That seems like the better story.
1: Well, because they have the clerk on camera.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. They got him by the balls. Why didn't they do that from the get,
1: Mr. Fleming? Good question. Well, they needed to go through the system, to to go through the cycle to get the footage of him doing it.
2: Still a lot of time, Keith.
6: Hey!
1: Still a lot of time.
6: I got a call from a friend who sits federal court, so I know what happened. It's a big deal about Fleming, of course, but also about Bobby getting lynched by Anderson. Yeah, I came by to see how he's doing. He's in his office. He won't he's pissed. Talk. Oh, that's Bobby. Yeah. That's Bobby. Yeah, I should have been at the arraignment, but I've been good. Up to take my neck by with Kelly Williams there. Judge Fleming is someone that was that I admired. So uh, a I'd character
1: deciding it. to bite her tongue.
6: Bobby didn't want me there. Did he say that? Oh, come on, Helen. Bobby can make his point perfectly clear without saying a word. Lindsay, I hope you know this isn't about Bobby shutting you out. I think he... When he's up against his demons, he'd rather battle them alone. I happen to be along for the ride on this one. I'm glad you can be there for him.
2: And if you ever drunk hump him again?
6: That young old right. Yeah, Don't sure.
1: drump my husband.
2: Here comes the next twist in the Hello? night, Keith.
6: I'll be right over.
2: I'll be right there.
6: Judge Fleming and his attorneys are requesting a meeting. Looks like they're ready to make a deal.
2: You know, listening to some of these phone calls they get the that app. call them off to other places reminds me of how blessed we are to have texts. Like someone had to make a yeah. phone call and then be like, hey, Helen, judge, the judge wants to see you. Right, like did she had to find her at Lindsay's office. Yeah, she, she had to call around to find her, and all it's, right. What a pain in they the had ass. to like
1: look up the number to Bobby's office. What a pain!
2: And then be yeah. and and I'd be afraid to ever pick up the phone there because who knows when it's going to just blow up?
8: It, I'm seriously, still far from convinced, you have enough evidence for conviction. Everything is terrible every but, time a phone rings. To avoid the mud of a media-saturated trial, Judge Fleming may be willing to assist your investigation. Maybe. Ooh. We're not rolling over here. Unless the deal is more than fair, the judge is prepared to go to trial. We have the clerk's testimony.
6: Continue, Mr. Anderson.
8: In exchange for Judge Fleming's full cooperation, we expect the government to drop both the RICO and the Hobbs Act counts. That's the entire federal case. You still have state-based fraud. Five years. My client serves three. Well, that would be a hell of a deal. For you. That's what we want. I'm certainly not committing to that. In addition, we're prepared to provide detailed records maintained by Judge Fleming over a period of six years. The records implicate fifteen attorneys.
2: Jimmy Berluti. Rebecca Don? I
8: suspect we'll be able
5: to work something out. Is it possible you're deriving Being satisfaction Donaldson? from all of this, Helen?
6: No, Your Honor, I am not. Yo, Who's by the Rebecca
5: way, Rebecca Donaldson.
1: All right. What, <laughs> what is her last name? Washington. <laughs> so close. Uh,
2: what are the chances Bobby's on that list just to fuck him?
5: Hmm. Good question. In all the times you've appeared before me, I think you know that I've been an even-handed, decent, if not humane, jurist. For nearly 30 years, my job, my charge, has been to make reasoned, dispassionate decisions. And that is what I have done. Always. Imperfect, I will admit that I may have overstepped my boundaries, but it was not, as you suggest, Mr. Mitchell, a matter of craven desire. On those occasions, when I was approached for a favor, I would not, did not, allow a lesser argument to triumph over a better one. Wrong must never win by technicality. Now then, I have done nothing illicit. What I did do was expedite cases that came before me. If I benefited from such, well then, so be it. This is not about expediting anything. Wisdom is justified by her children, Mr. Mitchell. Look at my record. Listen to what my colleagues have to say about me. You are in no position to judge. From what I have seen on the bench, ill-prepared, uncommitted, addled attorneys who fall asleep at trial who are unable to prepare an articulate brief are these the ones best suited to meet out justice i've devoted my life to being a judge and though the courtroom be an adversarial arena i am more than a referee sir more than a linesman
2: i am the game ah oh, monologue hall of fame baby yeah i am the game time to play the game Chief, that's a wrestling reference for you, which uh, everybody should remember because, well, that's another st- story for another day.
5: <laughs> well, at any rate, I suppose this gives you great bragging rights with the rest of the politicos in your office.
6: Forgive me, Your Honor. You being here has nothing to do with me or Bobby Donnell. Only thing I have derived from my participation is a profound sadness. I watched and learned from you, sir.
5: It appears that chapter is closed.
2: Lara Flynn, excellent. You have cast out the
5: dirty judge. Justice is restored. So there it is. Here's the list of names. No one has reviewed it, not even my attorney. Let the bloodbath begin. (laughs) Clever.
2: Yeah, he knew that was coming.
1: And he just shot himself in the brain.
2: Speaking of trauma...
1: Right? So that happened...
2: And Lara Flynn, or excuse me, Helen, is pretty fucked up.
1: As one might be, watching a close-range suicide.
6: He was very... It's as if there was no doubt in his mind this was his way out.
2: You know, generally, sometimes those monolog bits seem a little out of place. Like, nobody would actually do that, but... If it's if it's your swan song and you know you're going out, it, it it justifies the monologue.
1: And you're a judge known for being loquacious and enjoying the microphone. I am the game. <laughs> he
4: could have started over.
6: Uh-huh. I think that's probably what frightened him. Nobody can really start over, can they? Ask Denny Crane.
4: I'm oh, sorry I had to be there.
6: Yeah. Hmm. After it happened, it was a madhouse between the cops and paramedics. I came right up here and called you. I didn't know what else to do. I'm glad
5: you did. How are you doing? This, uh... It's been a rough week. Today was a really lousy day.
2: Yeah. Lindsay walks in. She's
1: like, "Yeah, I mean, certainly getting some." Your wife's Some uh, about you. grayish vibes here. She's always worried about me.
4: You'll be okay tonight.
6: Yes. Bobby, in all the confusion before Mitchell took Fleming's file, I had a chance to look through it.
1: Fuck. I
6: actually removed a folder.
3: Of course,
1: it's Bobby Donald.
4: Accusing me of something. Of course not. This is bogus, Alan. Huh?
1: Interesting, the label said Bobby Fleming was Dull,
4: trying to oh, get Robert By the time I clear my name, he will have succeeded.
2: Gonna do, Helen? Is she gonna burn it? Or something dramatic? It's just like it happens to be in like a gothic roaring fireplace. <laughs> uh, paper shredder. Okay.
1: Oh, uh, she's Judge Shred. Breaking the law.
2: Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law.
1: Yeah. Wow. guys, and there we are. What a good app.
2: What a good app. Helen, that, that's not quite murder, but she murdered a potential uh Oh, look.
1: The, potential case. The yes. what
2: ha- the what happens next week is started on the uh, Hulu.
1: Yeah, they apparently need to fill some time just like we do. All right, folks. Well, listen, Mike and Keith liked
2: it. We're going to, just like Helen and Bobby, we're going to buddy cop up for a little segment we like to call the After Show Show Spectacular. Is that what we call it? <laughs> is is that what we call it now? Well, stay tuned. Okay. Let's find out. And
1: we are bu- 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 back, baby. We are indeed back. We have just uh, watched and or listened to the practice Season six epitho- episode. We developed a lisp and a speech impediment. I have a lisp now, apparently. Uh, uh-huh. Woo. Woo. Been sitting here for a while. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, apparently, my tongue is in knots. Whoa. Because we just watched Judge Knot, which is not a good pun. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Well, if there's only, if there's some way. Okay, wake up. Here we go. Woo. If there's some way. That we could explain what just happened. Uh, perhaps in a segment we like to call.
2: Hmm. Two, three, four. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment, segment. Mm, you son of a bitch. I got no time. <laughs> uh, there's this. You should never have said that. There's to a crooked me. judge, and Bobby and Helen have to team up and bring him down in a very. Low tech sting operation But guess what, they get him And then he gets himself with a big old bullet But he tries to bring da Bobby with him With a rogue file, but Helen says You know what, I'm gonna shred it
1: Yeah, yeah That's pretty much what happens Could you uh tell us all of that again But in fewer syllables Please, in a segment we call
2: Uh, oh yeah I do the thing, right, yeah
1: Yeah, you do the thing, remember We're on vacation
2: Oh, the, su- the is it or Did the sound go away?
1: I I don't have any sound. No, I don't think you've started the video.
2: I I did. I did.
0: I see. <coughs>
2: yes, well done, thank you, sir. <clears throat> I-, I am doing it on the fly. If you didn't, if you couldn't figure that out. Uh, fly! Judge is on the
0: take. Nice.
2: Bobby and Helen catch him. Yes, goes out with a bang.
1: Yes. Well. Done again. Wow, you're quite good at this. Where's it? You you deserve a collapse for that, but I don't know where I put it. There we go. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Did you there did we is.
2: stop Instagramming them? Did they they did they haven't really that that went it, that went away? I
1: I, I need to do. The, I'm so <laughs> far behind on the Instagram. It's not even funny. I haven't even done like the oopsies for two weeks.
2: Uh, life finds a way to get in the
1: way. Life, find, yes. Life finds a way. To ruin my Instagram. But I'm gonna do them all for the uh for the season recap. Right, Don't right, worry. Right. Uh but before we get to the season oopsies, we have this episode, oopsies, entitled Ladies and Gentlemen, the out-of-practice
2: <laughs> <Entitled. podcast laughs> in unofficial, <laughs> unsolicited, unofficial association with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present. Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts,
1: Keith and Mike.
2: What the hell are the Oopsies? That's
3: a
1: fair question. Well, I'll tell you, Jackie. I think we've been on camera for a while. Uh... Oh no, no, you know what, Keith? You're
2: looking at the preview screen.
1: i am looking at the preview. Rest assured that everyone
2: else is seeing the right thing, but I'll I'll give you the
1: right view now. Oh god, okay, good, good. Because like I was like, oh god, are they gonna see what we look like while the segment bumpers?
2: No, no, I'd never let let
1: that happen to you. (laughs) 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 Keith, you know
2: what it's time for? (laughs) Most No, give me the right, give me the right key. I'm gonna goddamn it, I'm gonna give it a try.
0: Most Valuable
2: <laughs> I had to flip it. I had to fucking
1: flip it. No I <laughs> Let's see if I was right. I might be wrong. No, that's so was right. Okay.
0: Most valuable. Why can't law?
2: Guys, I want everybody to know that I'm I'm really trying. <laughs> All right, wait, hold on, one more, one more, one
1: more. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm gonna hurt myself. Breathe, breathe, breathe. <laughs> Listen to this, I, I can't even breathe enough I to quit. laugh <laughs> I quit I tried, I hurt myself Well, enjoy the new version Of that <laughs> bumper forever
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm. So the case this week Was fake, right, there was only one Ooh. actual Case, and that was the federal Ooh. case So, yes Some would say That by default By this
1: this simple syntax Of
2: our award
1: we would have mm-hmm. to give
2: it to not the silver guy.
1: Uh, you could say that. Although, I would I would argue that Helen was still operating as a lawyer, doing the negotiations and making the deal uh, yes. with the judge, which I'm not sure why she would have standing to there, except for there was... Some debate that there is some federal charges and some state charges and she was handling the state charge part of it. You'd think she would but, refuse at that point,
2: right? And they would have the other one of the other ADAs come in.
1: Uh, sort of. I mean, she was a part of the sting, but she I don't think she was a material witness or something, because she wasn't part of the behind the scenes part. I don't know. Good question. But I'd say that I mean she was she kept fighting. And got the clerk involved and and escalated the term. I mean, you know, the outcome wasn't great for pretty much anybody. But-
2: Plus, not not quite silver. Guy was also not acting in capacity of a lawyer, right?
1: Right. He was. He, he, it's true. Yeah, he was as a federal agent.
2: So I think by default, you're right. I think it's Helen Gamble this week.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Helen Gamble. <laughs> On your MVL. Helen doesn't get a lot of those. That's true. But uh, we're psyched that she did. Well, you know what? Also, uh,
2: let's not forget, but at the end of the episode, she also broke the law. So, and, and destroyed evidence. So, there we go. And,
1: well, look, as a lawyer, I guess she was doing that as a lawyer, too. It was and, in her look, office. It, it's always most valuable, not most, most... Why do I have a lift? I don't know. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Already... <laughs>
0: Already famous, famous cause you've been on TV, getting a pay. <laughs> first entry on Most your imdb oh, Way to go. No, the best oh, guest actor. No. You are the best guest actor. <laughs> you are the best guest actor on the episode.
2: You're gonna put that on the soundboard, aren't you, you son of a bitch?
1: Are you kidding me? I'm going to do so much with that. If you put a beat to it, uh, then I'll allow it. If if I could make a t-shirt out of a wave file,
2: <laughs> I think you might have hurt the end of my career. I was
1: as I hurt myself pretty good. Oh, you got to send that to me as soon as we're done. <laughs> uh, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, best guest actor. Yes, we have two great options here. We do. Keith will name them. <laughs> So uh, so uh, I, uh, Bruce McGill is the obvious. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about uh, Dennis Butzakaris. Yeah, Dun- Dennis Butzakaris was Ron Silver.
2: Some would say he knocked the Butzakaris out of this episode. He was great. He butzikaris, played butzikaris, butzikaris, butzikaris. My name is Dennis Butzakaris. I'm gonna go win kick your your saw, <laughs> sore ass. Um. Anyway, uh, the wheels are <laughs> falling off, people. Uh, we've reached that point. <laughs> I. I and as great as he was, the truth of the matter is is that that by the mon- sheer monologue alone, I think we know that he was just excellent. What a great, he was great in the monologue, he was great in the bench scenes, he was great across the board. I think this is a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, Bruce McGill, absolutely. I mean, it's a really, it's a, it's a great showy role, and he's able to give that kind of a performance, and he knocked out of the park like really and what he, i he what did. i what
2: i liked the most actually was that a combination of the writing and his performance though you even though he's the the villain he's he justifies himself pretty square at the end i mean yes clearly he's he's flawed and yes clearly he's committed
1: <laughs> felonies criminal offenses yeah. yes
2: but you know, he, he still somewhat, he maintained his personal integrity, at least, and was able to, you know, no one could really say he wasn't fair in a lot of these cases. And it was, uh, I just thought, they, they they didn't just paint him out to be a, a bad guy, you know, just a, a simple villain. It was really nuanced in many ways, and I, I really appreciated that. And he brought that nuance to his performance as well.
1: And on top of that, I think what made him a compelling villain was that he was intensely charming while he did it. Like you can see how that guy charms an entire room full of people, how that how he holds attention, how you want to like him, you want him to like you, and that's like those are all elements of the character that that Bruce was able to bring in. So uh, yeah, congratulations, Bruce McGill, on your best guest actor.
2: And what I liked actually oh. to also, and we will well, I'll piggyback on this when we get to the tires is talk about a villain. Like, if he had stayed alive and made that accusi- accusation to Bobby, they could call him as a witness, press him. There would be, he would need to then be cross-examined on his accusation of Bobby. But since he knew he was going out, the screw job to Bobby is that much more of a knife twist because outside of Bobby, no one can ever say 100%... Yep. That it didn't. There's no happen. one to refute
1: any of it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. Which of course makes you wonder so if the if Bobby wasn't real, how many of his people have ever pissed him off in his life who he implicated that didn't do it? Yeah. Like, all good questions. And certainly, like, I mean, there's nobody to I, I mean, unless what he's put in there is irrefutable evidence, like he it, it, they people can't really face their accuser unless they can prove it it was a great
2: a great line they put in there too the writers where he says right before he shoots himself too he's like no one has gone through this not my clerks not my office just me yeah you know
1: yeah interesting all right let's hand out some more hardware in a segment we call you killed your podiatrist or blue the
0: case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show.
2: I really think this is a week that was born for a split I thought that it was a it was a joint episode between Lara Flynn Boyle and and Dylan McNarmid and I mm-hmm. actually think they did some of their best work. It started a little rough. I thought thought that Drunk Helen was a little schlocky, and I was like, oh, crap, what are we gonna do here? But, you know, that's costuming, that's the writing, that's the comedic beat they're going for. You can't really put that on Lara Flynn. She did what he, you, you know, it's not like you can come in and give like a, a Brechtian portrayal of someone who's had too much to drink at a party. You know what I mean? Like, it <laughs> right. is what it is. It's a It's a comedic beat to open a television show. So that aside... The performances here were nuanced. They're, the the motivations for the characters were complicated, right? They, they What they were trying to achieve and the kind of screws being put to them, Dylan specifically, and like I mentioned before, I loved the way that Dylan, who's often asked to sort of Bobby Mcrambo and go to 11, was able mm-hmm. to find a way to still slow build that, even though he got to that point, you know, 45% into the episode. Really thought it was excellent. I thought the scene at the end, between Dylan and Helen, though you mentioned there's that, that tension there, but that rings true. They do have a history and yep. their friendship and professional relationship has been through many challenges, ups, downs. It's come to a head at a few times. It's been advers- adversarial. It's been, in this case, cooperative. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Jen and I were talking last night about the idea of shared trauma because we were watching The Handmaid's Tale, which is for another mm. for another conversation, but... And just what trauma and getting through trauma with certain people, how it can bond you. I don't know, regardless of what Helen and Bobby have been together, been through together, I don't know that Helen, even a year ago, shreds that file. I don't know, right? I know she trusts mm. Bobby, but I don't know that, but this experience really brought them, I think, together. And the fact that he, he was her first call, I'm, I'm getting into spare tires. I really thought this, this episode was written excellently, spoiler alert. But I just thought... This is some of their best work, absolutely, of the season for sure. And I think in the pantheon of the series that we've seen so far, I think this is some of their best work, especially together. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I throw out highlights, Kelly Williams, great performance as not even a featured player, great performance. Uh, But I think this one, if I had to pick, I'm gonna give the edge to Dylan McDermott, uh, but I'm hoping that maybe you'll throw your vote somewhere else.
1: Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm glad you said that because I actually was very much in the Lara Flynn Boyle camp. Not not because Dylan didn't do a fantastic job. He he did. But I thought, like, Lara had a lot of heavy lifting to do. Um, and actually, speaking of good drunk performances, uh, it's so hard to do well. But you know who crushed it recently? Uh, Evan Peters on yeah. Murder mm-hmm.
3: uh,
1: Mayor of Town, like, He has a drunk scene in there, which is phenomenal. And uh, I was like, watching him do that made me nauseous. Mm -hmm. Like, I imagined being that drunk and was like, oh, God, I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke all day. He's he's excellent.
2: Evan Peters is excellent.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, unrelated. Entirely unrelated. But yeah, no, I thought thought Lara did a really, really good job um, throughout this whole episode, the scene at the end. You know, and obviously they're playing something going on between Helen and Bobby here and something going on between, um, between, uh, uh, Helen and, uh, and Lindsay. Cause you know, obviously things are, are wonky (laughs) in that relationship right now and everybody can sort of tell and everyone's sort of not really talking about it yet, but it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, so definitely I'm giving mine to Lara Flynn, so congratulations. <laughs> Lara Flynn Boyle. And Bobby Donald himself. Dylan McDermott. All right, let's get into the most important one. The Tom Brady
3: Award for being Tom Brady.
2: Let's put it on the internet, baby. Tom Brady accepting bribes. Tom Brady. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it's already on the internet. No, no, this one should be an easy <laughs> one. Let's add to it. Let's add to it. The easiest one in the world. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Ladies and
0: gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare
1: tires this
0: episode gets.
2: Guys, I mentioned it before. I really liked this episode. Uh, I thought that... The performances were solid. They generally are. Uh, I thought that... The writing, you know, Keith, you you shouted out the two sort of uh, easy come, easy go writers, and I'm in the ca- the latter camp. I'm I loved the episode, and I'm I'm sad that we're not going to see. I thought it was everything we like. We got the great scene of the strategic meeting, which gave everybody else in the cast a paycheck this week. The case was super cool. It you know on its surface, the 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 faux case seemed. Eh, I wasn't particularly into it, but then right away you. They they show you the MacGuffin right away. And <clears throat> we find out what the what the big picture is. A lot of tension. They Bobby the stakes are super high for Bobby. And the way it plays out is interesting. We were put into really realistic situations. All of the characters behaved in a realistic way that <clears throat> you as an audience member don't have to shout, oh, that's stupid, which we often do. They behave rationally and professionally and with integrity for the most part, which is really cool. And we, but even through the end, we have some fear for Bobby. We, we, we're not sure how it's going to play out. And even though it seems like he gets away, I shouldn't say gets away with it. It seems like the thing is resolved because Helen shreds the file. We're still left with two of the people we love in the episode, love in our cast, Helen and Bobby, with some pretty, with issues, with some trauma, with some, uh, existential crises and not, you know, not, notwithstanding withstanding Bobby's relationship woes. So I it like I, and what I loved is I, it wasn't quite a bottle episode, but it was a self-contained story, right? It's sort mm-hmm. of stood on its own, which I loved. And it was a focused, a story. I really, you know, when I pull up the, uh, the IMDB, I usually see what the rating is. And they had, a, you know, I think the rating for this on IMDB is like a 7.8. And I have to say I disagree. I think this was an excellent episode. Absolutely yeah. one of my favorites of the season, I think. I'm going to go as far as to say it is a 9.21 spare tires.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I I liked this episode too. Um I really liked many elements of it. Right? I liked the idea, liked the setup. Taking down a corrupt judge, it's not something we've done before. It is something that is within this world and could conceptually happen. Um, I like the sort of setting up the internal stakes that they really like this judge, and this judge is really well-respected. So you're sort of, you're not taking down some, you know, nobody judge. And I think that's, I think that's great. I think the performances are great, that the direction was really good. Um, Yeah, I... The nits that I have to pick are this: um, one, had we not had multiple previous last-second suicides, that would have been so much more impactful. And so it happened, and we were both like, "Yeah, uh, of course." Mm. But yes, yeah, true. And and, and if. If we hadn't had it happen in front of Eleanor and Jimmy with uh, with Bruce Davidson, uh, I think it happened at least another time that uh, it was sort of neutered by what came before it. I can see that as a possibility. I see like if this were a standalone episode that took place in a vacuum. I think that would have been more impactful, and I get it from you know these writers. This was the only thing they did mm-hmm. on the practice, so they're trying to go out with a bang, literally, and it was really good. So, it it's not. Yeah, we've talked. We've said this a few times about episodes this season. It's not the episode's fault what happened before it, especially if the same writer didn't do both. Time out. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I always do this to you. I mean, no, they did I'm gonna I'm gonna emphasize your knit. Not only is it the the, he shot himself. I'll get I'll give you that, but they made a whole scene about how Bobby couldn't even get through the security with his wire his lock mic on. I was going to bring that up. Let alone the judge just like rolls into a hearing after he's been arrested and is in custody and has a loaded pistol.
1: Yeah, where the fuck did he get a gun? That that that, yes, that's weird. Yes, you know unless well here I'll I'll try to put the bone back in. You're a corrupt judge, right? You've got, you, you're whatever. The files that he's pulling are going to be in his office. The fact that the judge wouldn't, you know, may have stashed a gun in his office at some point previously. And if anybody can get a gun into a courtroom, and this could have been years before, it'll be a judge. Also, you know, you're a judge. Like somebody gets out, somebody comes after you. Like I, I get why that might be something they would want. And, and I guess he and was and released on criminal, bail. Right. So he he was on bail. About, yeah, and he doesn't care <clears throat> that if he's already breaking the law, who cares about sneaking a gun in? So, uh, it's possible. I, I can I can see a world in which it's possible that that happens. Um, the other, the other thought that I had about it, and. It's tough because uh, Bruce McGill is so good, and I w- wish he had been a judge for us many times before. But since he isn't, I, I feel like this all would have had more impact if it were a judge we knew—Kittleson
2: or somebody of the Hurt. Ilk?
1: Why not Kittleson? Like you know, Kittleson is no longer a major character on the show she just comes in every once in a while. She, you know, she's she's not going to be on much more. Like wouldn't this be an awesome way to finish the Kittleson story? We already know she's she's unhinged. We we're already invested in her. The consequences of all of this are heightened. So if I'm, you know, if I could rewrite the show from 20 years ago, like I do frequently, <laughs> I make this a Kittleson story. And we find it because, you know, we we've done some we've done some work undermining Kittleson's integrity before and that she's sort of ambiguously <laughs> in, in as ambiguous morals and ambiguous stuff like I don't know it, it feels like a great way to finish the Kittleson story mm-hmm. and then you have Jimmy the impact that it has on Jimmy the impact that it has on ever on on uh, Judge Hiller I think that'd just be way cooler um, I don't disagree so yeah it's just a thought um But of course, like you're writing a show that is still running, you don't know. Maybe I want to use Kittleson for more. But maybe, but maybe you don't have her kill herself, because that was the other thought. That (sighs) this is another episode that has sort of the MacGuffin, like you said, at the at the end, that rescues our character, our hero, at the last second.
2: And so every time.
1: Yes, exactly, the deus ex Helen, Judge Helen, that if we didn't do that, I think we'd have a really compelling storyline. Let's, let's watch this trial. Let's watch Bobby fight for his integrity. Let's, let's go through this process. I think that would be more interesting. And, and there are multiple times where we've been accused of murder, and at the end of the episode, they're like, oh, no, never mind. Yeah, and you and, wash your
2: hands of it, and then we don't
1: talk about it. Yeah, we're, we're passing up opportunities for really awesome storylines with big stakes that would would make more sense if we have a, a giant stake arc that goes over six episodes as opposed to having six giant stake episodes in a row, and then you start rolling your eyes. hmm Yeah. And I, I I feel like that was a missed opportunity, and it's, it's yet another missed opportunity they took because... They don't want to be too serialized. Obviously, the 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 intent of the show, whether it's David e. Kelly or whether it's ABC, they're like, let's not have long arcs. Let's keep these things relatively contained. Um, which you know you liked. I do like so, uh,
2: because sometimes only because I find that some of our bigger arcs sometimes they work, but sometimes they get a little fatiguing, and it feels like the stakes get too big for, and then never they don't follow through. So I actually appreciate when they they lessen the arcs. But like you said. Then you need to have some. You need to have bring in writers who at least have some sort of concept of the the continuity. You know what I mean? It does feel like sometimes they step out of the reality of the.
1: Well, as the showrunner of this fake show, my note would be the reason it feels fatiguing is that the stakes are not for our heroes. Yeah. Bruce Davidson's storyline became fatiguing because the stakes were for Bruce Davidson. If we put. Eleanor on trial for murder the stakes are not fatiguing because we're invested in that character so I, th- I think that's really where it is. anyway uh, all of that is a long way of saying uh, you're not giving episode. it a nine <laughs> I, I, no no but I, I liked it don't get me wrong I really did like the episode I just don't think I liked it quite that much so I'm going to give it uh, 8.62 spare tires so it's a very good episode okay I'll take that's, it uh, that's sort of what I feel all right, there's only one more thing to do. It is time to uh, reveal some oh, eggs.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. I went to the wrong thing. That you can't see. Oh it, look at I'm that! Go oh, back to
1: the preview. No, we got to look at some eggs, sir. Ooh, that's not where we're going. That's that's not not the right it. Thing.
2: Okay, you know things were going so well. Now it's they've
1: okay. <laughs> that's not. The, we get another shot of drunk Helen, which is fun.
2: Where? Why? She's where is the two shot? Oh, it's oh OBS is uh is really feeling. Oh it. God. Feeling Oh, okay. man. So let me get a... Let me get an, I'm sorry. Close.
1: <laughs> Mike's uh, out of focus forehead. I don't
2: know. I just don't know. Who is that?
1: Well, well, folks, that is a picture of the real Donnie Brosco. Hey! Who's not actually called Donnie Brosco in real life, but this is the person that the uh, the movie was based on, the real guy. hi nice. Referenced in the show. Uh by our good friend, Lucy.
2: That makes sense. uh, That's a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. i got to make some of them hard for you. They can't can't all be Q in a bucket.
2: (laughs) That was pretty awesome, though.
1: (laughs) All right, folks. You know what? You've gotten through another episode of the Out of Practice Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to talk with us about this show, you can reach us on email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. While you're there, you're typing on the uh, internets. Do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. Let us know. We'll read it. We will welcome you onto the jury. Speaking of people who we are grateful for, this episode of the Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by our founding sponsors, Jorge Novoa, Cloud CloudLover69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. Did you know you can get your
3: name on
2: that list? You can do so by becoming a sponsor yourself, by giving us money, a one-time donation is cool, or you can give us that sustaining subscription because we're too lazy to make a patreon and there's just surely not quite enough of you that said you can also do us a favor by listening to our other shows check out KME entertainment on youtube where you find this podcast watch it play with action figures and maybe talk wrestling and other things moving forward nerd 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 and when you've got some free time take an xbox 360 duct tape it to your chest and record your best buddy saying
3: laser sounds is there sounds we <laughs>